I am so looking forward to sitting down with this week's guest, the superwoman that is Joe Elvin. Joe is an award-winning magazine editor, currently the editor of You Magazine, an incredible motivational speaker, podcast host, and writer. Joe started her journey in her native home country of Australia, and I can't wait to hear just how she got here today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh, my word. I've never heard myself described as a superwoman before. You are. Thanks for that. <laughs> Joe, I'm I so excited. feel excite- like one. Oh, yeah. well, you know what? To me, you are. And you've got so many sort of uh, strings to your bow. Um, how do you juggle everything? Um, well, I I mean, I always say it as a joke, but it's sort of half serious. I just kind of muddle through doing everything in probably slightly half-assed fashion. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like I, I think that the busiest people I know are like me in that um, I'm going to drop a name straight away. Uh, we did when I worked at Glamour, we did the Glamour Women of the Year Awards. And for a few years, the host was James Corden. And he was very hands on. He was brilliant. And I'd email him trying to get the scripts ready and things like that. And he wouldn't get back to me and wouldn't get back to me. And then I'd see him at the rehearsal. I was like, oh, God, you know, did you actually get any moments? It's like, yes, yes, I did. I'm really sorry. I just can't do anything until I absolutely have to get to do it that day. And I and I was like, oh, well, I, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's kind of, it's, sometimes it is terrible when you think, if you started thinking about this a week ago, you might have been felt a bit more under control, but you didn't think about it a week ago because you had 65 other things that absolutely urgently needed doing that day. And that's my brain is always on a... <laughs> gotta always get, yeah, yeah. So when you go on holiday, it must take you a few days to actually unwind. No. <laughs> oh, you get into it straight away. I'm really good at... I, I think that... And you'll find this as your son gets older. When, when you become a mum, you, you get much better at, I'm here, this is what I'm doing, and just being present in the present in that thing and so therefore I'm really good at being on holiday when I'm on holiday absolutely actually I I did find that because I just went to Dubai with him for the first time and um, I didn't realise how stressed I was until I got there and literally the minute I landed I was like this is my time with my baby now yeah and I got straight into it and I I had the best time yeah and you, you do you really have you it sort of feels like another skill to learn something else to concentrate on but you have to concentrate on making sure that you get 
time to not have to concentrate on totally <laughs> and it's true what you said yeah. i think with your kind of attitude of sort of doing things when you have to i guess really that's just mindfulness isn't it it's clutching onto sanity in any way possible <laughs> i mean you know don't get me wrong there are moments where i feel really overwhelmed and mm. think i've just got too much to do and the only way i've ever found that i can deal with that is to reach out and get help and I don't mean professional help. I just mean to actually admit out loud to somebody, I'm struggling here. I've got too much to do. And usually there's someone, whether it's my husband or someone, I say, okay, well, what can I do? Or, or just even just verbalizing it immediately sort of like lets the steam out yeah. of whatever's freaking me out. Absolutely. When you take that pressure of yourself, yeah. you have to be able to do all of it and just say, yeah. do you know what? I can't today. Yeah. It is a good feeling. It really is. It it's is. like, you know, you can only, as long if I feel like I've I've really done my best, um, I feel all right. But then there really are times when you have to think, if I keep, if I collapse, I can't do anything. I can't look after anyone. So you really, it's really important to remember. Yeah, just to take breathe. care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Got well, deep quickly, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, Joe. Would you like to kick off with your first defining moment? Oh, wow. Well, that's, this is really hard because as I was just saying to you, Roxy, I'm considerably older than you. So there's a lot to mine through on the back catalogue. <laughs> I think probably one of the good key moments to think about, and this is slightly spooky, but I was, it was my first Christmas in London. It was 1992. I bet you weren't even born, were you? I was. My personal trainer says to me, oh, I was one. I was like, shut up. Um, But um, And I'd been here working in a pub for about sort of eight, nine weeks. It was my first ever Christmas, not with my family, Mm. which slightly felt, it felt a bit sad. It felt a bit scary, but it it felt a bit you know, exciting and independent. And I it was my first freezing cold Christmas. Sydney Christmases are super hot. And, but I was running out of money that I, you know, I'd been a publicist for Neighbours in Sydney for a little while. And I thought everybody, all those poms, those crazy poms, they go nuts for Neighbours. They'll roll out the red carpet for me. I'll get any job I want, you know, arrogant 22-year-old. And no one cared that I'd worked at Neighbours. And it was it was actually really hard to get a job in 1992 post-recession London. And um, so I was really at a crossroads of, well, what the hell am I going to do? You know, do I stay? Do I go? And it was on the Christmas Day evening after I'd worked in the pub all day. I mean, my God, working in a pub on Christmas Day was a bit depressing. And and then I met up with all the other Aussie strays who I knew who were in town and we had dinner at a friend's house and they all went to the pub and I was just knackered and I stayed back in the house. And I just was feeling really, really low and thinking maybe I should just go home. I'm cold and lonely and whatever. And it was in the days that the person's house, they had a cassette and it has, it was a blank cassette that somebody had taped um, Elvis Costello's album onto and it was wound halfway through with nothing on it except this is an Elvis Costello tape. And in my head, I thought, if this plays my favourite song of Elvis Costello, I will stay. And if it doesn't, I'm going to go. And I put it in and there was like a one, two beat pause and it went straight into the opening bars of Every Day I Write the Book, which is my favourite Elvis Costello song. And it just felt like... I'm not really a big believer in all that stuff, but I'd actually made that bargain with myself and it and it, it could not have been more perfectly timed to that song. And I was like, okay, I'm staying. And, um, you know, I can't say that it suddenly got amazing and better, but it was about, 
eight weeks later, I got my first magazine job. Wow. That is such a fab moment. Because, you know, we all, I think we all do that when we bargain with ourselves. We've all mm. made these little, like, and they're usually over something kind of stupid, like, if the traffic light goes green. Yeah, all of that you know, stuff. All yeah. that, and it's about yeah. something insignificant. But yours was to stay, you know, in, in the country. Yeah, and I let a crappy recorded um, onto a blank cassette of Elvis Costello decide my fate. It was like my magic eight ball. That is on. That is really wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Joe. I'm going to start bargaining with myself I mean, again. I wouldn't recommend psychic weird crap for making all your life decisions, but it just really it felt so pointedly on point. It's just yeah. like I've got to I've got to follow the the blank cassette. I've got to do it. So you stayed, and eight weeks later, you got a job at TV Hits magazine as the deputy editor. Which was it's like a it was a smash hits rival. I just love those magazines. Yeah, and you know, and I had to interview take that every third day, and you know, all that it was. Yeah, it yeah. was a great job, but I it was there was a staff of about five of us, so I was the deputy editor, but I was also the sub editor, the picture editor, wow. the copy reader, the journalist, the interviewer, the writer, the phone answerer, the editor's dog walker. But I learned everything in that job. How long were you there? I was there about 12 months and then the same company launched Sugar Magazine and they <gasps> made me Sugar. the editor. Yeah. I loved Sugar. Yeah, well god, I did too. Yeah. Wow, and how long were how long were you there for? I was at Sugar um about 18 months and then I, for the same company I launched a magazine called B Magazine. Which actually leads me on to the next sort of like if this hadn't happened, nothing else would have happened. Yes. Moment, which is, I got, I ended up getting fired from that job about <laughs> um, fifteen months in. It's really complicated. It's really boring. It was, um, it was a, a magazine that was funded by two separate companies. So I had two sets of bosses who didn't particularly agree on what the magazine should be, and I probably didn't particularly agree with either of them of what it should be. It wasn't quite a grown-up magazine, an adult magazine like Cosmo. It wasn't quite a teen magazine like Sugar. It was in the middle, so it didn't really find its audience. I was very, very young. What was I? 27, I think, and I hadn't had the experience of launching something on my own like that. At Sugar, I had a very competent, very capable editor-in-chief. I didn't have that at this. And I just didn't handle the stress of it well. I think I was treated badly, but I also, if it happened to me now, I would handle it completely differently. And then out of the blue, they just said they were going to get another editor. And I thought that was the end of yeah, my how, life. How did you feel at that time? Were you gutted? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I was... You know, they're never nice. Those situations. Other, I was, I was sad. I was embarrassed. I was humiliated. I was, I felt betrayed. I felt angry. I was, you know, cried a lot. I was really scared. Um, but what I learned, you know, I in the following few days, I just thought, well, God, I, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe I will never get another job in London again. And then I think that when you're in a situation in a company where you've got to the point where they're just not into you anymore. That's That doesn't happen overnight. That's that's a, a thing that happens over months. So at that point, your self-confidence is really, really low. And it's absolutely the best thing 
for you to be out of there. But it's very, very hard to see that in the moment. Um, well, yeah, because your confidence is so low, exactly. then you're convinced yeah. no one else is going to yeah, want exactly. you. exactly. But then the phone did ring. You know, I got freelance work here and there. And then it wasn't long after that I was offered um, the editorship of New Woman magazine, which is an older magazine. And if I hadn't got that job, I wouldn't have had the right experience to launch Glamour magazine, which came after that. Mm. If I hadn't been through the really tough challenging experience of launching a magazine that I at a point where I didn't have experience I wouldn't have gained the experience I had to do a good job of launching glamour you know so it's kind yeah. of like yeah and you're touching on something that yeah you know, that's what this podcast is about yeah. it's about you know you at that time when um you got fired you like you said you were embarrassed you were sad yeah you thought oh should I give up and actually yeah if you hadn't have gone through that if they hadn't have fired you it wouldn't have led you to the next thing and that that is the beauty of life is that even when things are tough yeah there is something positive on the other side of it that's right and then I, I don't mean to be racing through these but then it, that what you've just said leads me very neatly onto the third defining moment I would say is when um, the business changed at Glamour I mean my god there are so many fun 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 things I did that job for 17 years it was a dream it defined everything about my career it's the reason that good people like yourself invite me onto things like this it's you know it's, it's opened so many doors um but when the business changed in 2017 and they decided to make it much more of a digital offering, a load of us were made redundant um, and I was one of those. And again, that was, you know, I had so much confidence. I'd learned all the lessons of being fired from B Magazine, all that sort of thing. But when you stay at somewhere for 17 years because it's such a seductive job, it's such a brilliant job, again, your confidence erodes in another way where I'd become so that job was so much my identity that I again lulled myself into this false idea that well if you're not the editor of glamour then no then you you're nothing and you know if you're not the editor of glamour no one will return your emails or phone calls again I sort of like lulled myself into that idea and um, but this time around when I had to I was forced into a new career in a new reality I had a 13 year old daughter watching my every move and so it was very very important to me to show her that shit happens and you just have to handle it and god knows you know I was sad I was scared I was um I wasn't embarrassed but I was angry about you know some some things and but I had to show that you pick yourself up and you dust yourself off and it was almost like faking it to make it is and, the thing that made the difference and how did you show that um well you know i think i just um how did i it's a really good question oh well i you know i just i didn't collapse in a heap i mean to be honest i don't think i i felt sad about it in the same way i wasn't like lying around the house sobbing my eyes out because i knew i was a grown-up mm. i knew the reality of the way print media has been challenged so I wasn't shocked or surprised in the way I was when it happened to me at B um, so I'd sort of prepared you know I, you know, you mentioned I've got a podcast I'd been doing things like that anyway just to kind of amuse myself and flex other muscles um, I knew I had a lot of contacts I threw myself into saying yes to things I threw myself into you know putting on my big girl pants and phoning people that I might have been a little bit frightened to phone and say I'm looking for work or, 
you know, I'm free if you've got stuff that you need help with and just networking in that way. I mean, my husband used to say, oh, God, well, at least, you know, because I was made redundant. So there's a bit of money and all that. And he said, well, God, you know, maybe the house will be tidy if he wants because, you know, you'll be home and stuff. And I, and I was never home. I was busier. Yeah being unemployed <laughs> than I had been for weeks beforehand. Well, you start grafting and getting yeah, out there. And, and hustling. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting. I want to touch on what you said about, you know, when your your position at Glamour was part of your identity. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to this because they, to be honest, their I've, jobs I, become their identity. Oh, wow. And how do you navigate that? How did you find Joe again and not just editor-in-chief? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, if you Google my name, which I promise I don't do all the time, but, you know, if you if you do, it still is glamour, 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 glamour. And I don't know how long that's going to take to to actually move on. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that you just have to – I think the only way I've ever really been able to do that is I, I've never – even when I felt like, oh, God, this is my whole identity, I – live in the moment as much as I can. I invest in my family. I invest in my friends. I feel more rounded than that. Obviously, you have a public persona that to, to a lot of people, I that that's all I am, is the former editor of Glamour. But if you, you've just got to make sure that your relationships around you are authentic and grounded and, you know, you've got people around you who will take the piss and tell you when you're being stupid and say, oh, come on. But then I think that I think I've probably let myself in the last couple of years believe my own hype a little bit more. I think I kind of had to, not in that I'm the editor of this, but just Mm. think instead of being so self-deprecating and pushing away all compliments and praise, I think I've tried really, and it's really hard, I've tried Mm. to let that seep in because I realised with where my confidence was at, at at the end of my last job that I needed to take stock every now and again and say, you know, no, actually you have done a lot. You, you know, you've, you deserve some enjoyment of some of the stuff you've achieved, but I I hate it. It's very Australian. I can't Mm. sit around kissing my own biceps. I just can't do it. My boyfriend is Australian. He can't stand self-congratulation. And I'm like, why? It is hard, but you know, I always the same. Yeah. I say to people all the time, you have to take a moment to pause and just see how far you've already come. I posted this the other day because it is so easy to just look ahead, look ahead, look ahead. But hey, you know, look back, look where you've come from. And you know, you don't have to get on the gram every time and tell everyone yeah, you know you, of but, you, but you can certainly i think that it's I, i've realized that i think it's healthy and i never used to think it was healthy to just have a little quiet moment every now and again and just think especially when you're panicking or feeling like a failure or feeling like you can't do something to think well hang on a minute let's let's compare that to reality here's what you've done in the last 12 months and that's where i think a real inspiration for me was um jamila jamil mm. who is um, you know, I've known her for a long time, but it was when she did that I weigh thing. It's not even necessarily about weight, just the pride in taking stock in who you are as a rounded person. That's what really moved me about that account. Yeah. And that's and it was things like that that I thought that's actually that's not a bad thing to value yourself in that way and to, to actually think about because god knows i could sit here and tell you everything i think is wrong with me as well of course but, but you know what, yeah what's the point 
because yeah. we are we have we are so many things we are as people and i think as well what you said about um accepting compliments is really key because the power of language is so underestimated and yeah. when someone says to you Joe, you're amazing and you know you've done such successful things the minute you say no 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 i'm not you're telling your subconscious that you're not i know and so by stopping and just i always say to people you know one tip is when someone compliments you just say thank you yeah that's it yeah. you don't need to be like no but because it's know. not nice is it when you say something nice to someone and they bat it away that it's, feels a bit yeah. of a diss yeah. but i think that i'm probably more of the school of not really taking in compliments or insults and just trying to find just trying to just like myself absolutely internally be you know sort of like it doesn't matter if you love me or hate me this is what i think of me oh, do you know what i mean yeah. that's kind of where i've tried of for my course. life to be you know yeah, yeah. and i think that yeah. all comes from being authentic and i try yeah yeah but you know we're all god this is the thing what i worry about in our the way our culture is going is everything is so binary everything is you're a good person or a bad person you're um, a conceited person or a self-deprecating person and actually we're all a bit of a blamange of it all yeah and i wish there was more forgiveness for our rough edges because we've all got good and bad absolutely and we are and whether we're on a you know we're on like a spectrum of everything yeah you know and we're just ebbing and flowing and we're all just trying to do our best and yeah um and get by and you know i think we're all just trying to be happy and feel loved yeah. and love others and yeah just to be happy and kind i mean but god knows i mean i don't know about you but there's definitely people out there who can't stand me you know there's people who have had to fire People whose boyfriends I kissed once years ago. You know, you yeah, know yeah. it's like so, I mean, but it doesn't make me the worst person alive. But it's, you know, we've all got our fans and our not fans, I think. Yeah, yeah. of course. Baffled, a brand new podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. Imagine the likes that that would get on Instagram, you having a quick one up a lamppost on the moon. Incredible. <laughs> so you basically saying the reason the dinosaurs stopped living is because they all collectively made a decision to have no more children. Oh, they're talking about, I think until 10 years ago, I, I still shared the bathwater that my parents were in. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. Life-is-full-of-what-ifs-some-awesome-like-what-if-AI-could-fold-your-laundry-and-some-well-less-awesome-like-what-if-you-have-unexpected-medical-costs-United-Healthcare-can-help-get-you-covered-with-health-protector-
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you moved on from Glamour, what were the kind of... Because obviously you learned a lot of lessons when you got fired from the first job when you were 27. And what would you say were the main differences between that and leaving Glamour? Because obviously it, I, I kind of imagine it's a bit like your first heartbreak is the worst. Yeah. And then after that, it's kind of like they all get a little bit easier because you know that you'll recover from them. Yes. What were kind of the big, were you, do you say that you really saw, wow, I've really grown up as a person sort of in every capacity in the way I've been able to handle this? I think um, I just, it's a really hard one to answer because I was, it, I was still, when I look back, it was like two years ago now, I still feel like my head was a bit swimming and a bit foggy and a bit, okay, suddenly there's a new reality. But I just, I think I um, was immediately more honest about it, whereas the first time around I pretended it seemed like some great shameful secret that you left off your CV. I mean, I probably would never still put on my CV. Yeah, I got fired from that job. But, you know, I was I was more honest this time around um, in sort of saying, well, you know, the business changed and so this is what happened. Yeah, and do you feel that because actually it had gone, it was because of online taking over, it wasn't just because... You know what I mean? There was like a real reason yeah. that yeah, wasn't totally so. to do with you. There was a lot of redundancies made at the time and a lot of changes that it didn't yeah. feel so personal. Exactly. That, that was a big difference. Um, I don't know how I, I... I just kind of... I think the only thing I can tell you with any rock-solid truth is that, you know, because I'd been through it and knew you come out breathing the other side and somehow you figure it out. Mm. I just knew that. And to be honest with you, it, I... I think that there was a, a huge part of me this time. It was this time of year, sort of October. And I was like, do you know what? It's going to be quite nice not to get up at, in the dark at 6.30 for a few weeks. I'm going to have a break. Yeah. I'm going to invest in my mental health and watch The Handmaid's Tale on binge from midday today and then go and walk the dog. And it was like... You know, to have permission <laughs> to to do that without... I mean, after yeah. 17 years yeah. of editor-in-chief of a magazine, I can imagine that was a much-needed rest. Yeah, so I just... I think we're all much more articulate, as you know, about mental health. And I thought, all right, well, this is this is a time for your mental health. Yeah, let's see what Take all this it. mental health stuff is about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, and then things like the social media presence and things, people were reaching out to me and saying... Do you want to review a sports car for a week? Which I wouldn't have been allowed to do when I was at Glamour. I was like, okay, like, <laughs> maybe this being unemployed is all right. You know, this is what this is what influencers do. This is great. <laughs> it is fun. Um, <laughs> so this is a little bit off, but you have a fourteen-year-old daughter now, and I would just, you know, what would advice would you give oh to <laughs> mums? Because I am sort of fascinated by how young women in particular are navigating life right now yeah. with social media and everything. Because, you know, a lot of what I do now is about self-love and mental health. and But young people 
are where you can prevent you know that's where yeah. prevention is and that's where so I'm really interested generally as a parent how how do you help her forgive me for saying this to a woman with a five month old baby but it only gets harder <laughs> <laughs> it's it just gets harder in different ways you know there's no sleepless nights I'm dragging her out of bed at 11 o'clock on a weekend you know so that's and when at your end that's something you fantasize about but um it's all I can do Roxy is parent the child I have not not try to mold somebody who isn't there um and it's funny you know you have I I had so many ideas of what she would be like based on what I was like which is insane Mm. it's not she's she's okay and it's it's when they're about sort of eight or nine you start to realize oh actually they're they're an actual individual they've got their own thoughts and feelings and you know and that's that takes that sort of dawns on you slowly in a weird way when they start to break away from you um all I can do is listen and be open and be approachable I try not to judge I try I've re I also learnt and this might be just her but I also learnt that if I come in all hard going what happened you know how are you feeling well if that's she just doesn't want to know that's just annoying but if I can get her out on a dog walk and you know for 20-25 minutes then she'll just start chatting and that's when I learn things yeah. so that's what I try to do um, I do worry I think it's great that we have such awareness of emotional intelligence and emotional well-being. I think there's a huge fine line between awareness and sort of, I don't know what's the word, but like I, you know, I've said to a couple of psychiatrists and psychologists, like how much of a problem is awareness of awareness? And quite a few of them agree that there is a bit of a problem, you know, sort of anxiety is suggestively contagious in the wrong environment. You know, it's things like that. So, when she's looking at YouTubers and influencers talking a lot about their anxiety, I think it's great that there's that space. But sometimes I think they talk themselves into having these things. Right. Sometimes I do. I'm not, and I'm yeah. not belittling at all real problems, but I've had times where I think, are you having an anxiety attack or are you just having a really stressful day? You know, do you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, and I, I think it's about the fact that Everybody on some degree, uh, like we were talking about being on having emotions and things on a spectrum, mental health is on a spectrum. We yeah. all have mental health. You know, it's either some days we are anxious, some days we... I'm very conscious not to say I am depressed, but I'm in a depressive state or I had a depressive period. Yeah. I, you know, we all feel like you know anxious um and stressed and those can be very interchangeable you know and it is actually really getting to grips and getting clear on what is anxiety and what is stress and what is pressure and what is nerves and the tricky thing is is that can be so individual yeah so it's you know i I bet i think that i've i think we've taught my daughter so far some good tools with you know those those moments and she's you know she's just about to do gcse's and i I am having major anxiety about it. I, I am having anxiety. I, I am really, I'm really stressed about it. I'm, I'm worried for her. I know she's 
stressed about it at the moment we're managing it but it's a real day at a time thing all of that it's a nightmare oh all that to look forward yeah i know yeah it's it's hard enjoy it enjoy everyone it's so annoying everyone says enjoy it it goes so quickly but it really does no i already am feeling that yeah i am in no rush for him to walk i'm like oh my god then i'm not gonna to leave him on the bed while i go to the bathroom quickly (laughs) i know yeah (laughs) um well thank you joe for your incredible defining moment and i think really um, really inspirational for a lot of people um, to see that through times where you thought you don't didn't know what was ahead of you something great and amazing really did happen and such is life there is always something incredible around the corner and I think yeah try, try to take the fear of those moments and and think of it as how exciting because exactly. it is it is it yeah. is so exciting. I always say that whenever someone's broken up with someone and they say I'm heartbroken I say congratulations you've got a new chapter ahead of you exactly. it's the most exciting time you've got rid of that dead wood yeah exactly yeah, you can get on with the real deal now <laughs> yeah so we now before you leave us have 10 quick fire questions. Oh my God, I'm terrible at these things. But you don't go. have to be too quick. Is it okay. a test? <laughs> See, I feel like it's, it's the head girl in me. I feel like it's a test. <laughs> head girl? Well, wow. I wasn't a head girl, but I had that. I had the you head had girl, big, big head girl energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the, your most memorable book. Oh gosh, probably. Um, well, there's two that really stick out for me, but A Prayer for Owen Meany by uh, John Irving, which is very old school. Yeah. About a, a real fish out of water character. But it's but it's really what it's about is, it's funny going back to my first moment, It's it spoke to me, it's about destiny and preordained fate. And, and it's really, it's an epic, quite chilling, haunting, but beautiful. It's a masterpiece. Wow. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll put the link to that. And it's hard to tell you anything about it without ruining it for you. So, yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm going to read that when yeah. I've got time, uh, which will probably be in about 15 years. Yeah. Um, okay, favourite quote? Oh, gosh. Um, my favourite quote is, um, I've got two. One is uh, Dylan Jones, GQ editor, when I was moaning to him about one celebrity or celebrity agent or, or one time or other, used to say to me, Big smile, short memory, Joe. And that gets me through a lot of days, that one. That's a very good piece of advice. Can but, you unpack that for us? Well, just, you know, just you got to, you, you can't hold grudges. You've got to move on to the next thing. You be the bigger person. Keep optimistic, keep friendly, and you'll attract that in like. But my other absolute favorite quote is the time that somebody said to me, you know what, Joe? Someone out there right now thinks you're a shit and there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it. And there's nothing more liberating than that. That really helps you in moments of being paralysed about making an unpopular decision. Someone's going to be upset with it, so you may as well just do what you need to do. I love that. That's a good, that's a good one. And I think, yeah, you, it is all about being authentic. We come back to that. <laughs> just doing what you think is best for you. Um, most influential mentor? Oh, um, probably the lady I've briefly mentioned earlier, Kath Brown, who became she was a hugely successful editor she she was my boss at sugar magazine she always says oh you always saying that it's true i bet she did teach me how to be an editor and she's someone who certainly taught me how to be a leader and to lead consistently and fairly and just to you know say say your mind and have the confidence to speak your mind and she went on to edit she launched red magazine she's worked l woman and home so she's she's a wow. powerhouse yeah amazing um, your go-to feel-good film? Grease. 
brilliant without you know hesitation what? Never seen it. <laughs> what i know i know you probably hate it it was it was big when i was a kid in the 70s it, it probably doesn't date that loves well Greece. but no, everyone loves it and it's got olivia newton john who's like you know australia's princess you know so uh, yeah okay maybe i'll maybe i'll watch it oh i love it over christmas yeah okay um a song that cheers you up oh now that's an interesting one because there are so many songs aren't there (laughs) (laughs) so many maybe your most recent one you know it doesn't really i can't say it cheers me up but and again i'm really showing my age but the eagles hotel california is a song that i will never ever 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 get sick of yeah it's just there's something about it hits my musical g-spot every time (laughs) i don't know why musical g-spot i like that um okay your top tip for dealing with stress Oh, well, I think I said earlier, didn't I? You've got to tell someone (laughs) that you're really stressed. Who do you tell? My poor, poor, poor deputy editor, Lindsay Frankel. Um, She's just my saviour several times a day. Could be my husband. Um, just they're, they're the two main ones but just I, I just have to articulate and it's funny isn't it do you ever get that where you just you feel off and you feel there's that horrible mm. hollow feeling in your stomach and sometimes it takes you, you and I, it's when I've got that I think what is that why is it and it, and it, and it yes. could be something like Oh yeah, I just saw on Facebook that everyone's invited to a party that I've been invited to. That's what it is. That's what's yeah. cool. You know, it, it's, I, you just got to catch it. I do it all the yeah, time. Yeah. I call Wade and I'm like, I'm anxious and I don't know why. And he goes, Okay, let's talk through it. Yeah, every time, and we talk through until I, and then I go, Oh, that's what it is. And then he we unpack it together. Yeah, and then it goes. That's exactly. It yeah. is so powerful. I just and I think once you become really self aware and you can understand your emotions and stuff actually when you see that niggling anxiety or stress or nerve or whatever it is coming in unpacking it straight away yeah it's the best because i always say stress is like leg like, um tetris you know the blocks can build up until yeah. it's game over and you need to clear and, the and lines then it's a really stupid thing yeah that sends you off the edge <laughs> exactly yeah yeah um okay the first three things you do when you wake up oh god um think it's saturday and realize it's tuesday Um, (laughs) most mornings like oh yeah oh yeah just sort of like wake up i always got my arms over my head in the superman position sort of like i don't know um what do i do first things i do get up cuddle the dog get in the shower make a cup of tea oh tea not yeah yeah tea girl tea in the morning and then a proper coffee that i can buy when I get to work. Yeah, I don't like yeah. to waste my caffeine hits on exactly. instant coffee. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, and, and that's it. I don't have any more caffeine in the day. So, yeah. Oh, you're good. Mm-hmm. I was talking with a guest yesterday about coffee. I'm drinking so much coffee and I'm, I'm actually realising that I'm more anxious about the fact that I'm drinking too much coffee and that's probably doing more damage than the coffee itself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I end up, if I have too much coffee or too much sugar or too much chocolate, I just, I feel like, end up feeling super tired and horrible. Yeah. And I've learnt that. So, yeah. Oh, good to know your own body. Mm. Um, your guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Oh, definitely. I've got a huge um, online shopping addiction. Um, and really? I am guilty about that. And it is a pleasure. So I don't really, you know, I think pleasures are pleasures. But yeah, I am guilty about my shopping addiction. What are the last three online stores you bought from? Um, I bought a jumper from Bowden. And I bought a clothes, heated clothes rail from Lakeland. 
heated clothes rail. Yeah, and honestly, my my Twitter oh mentions my have been off the charts about this thing this week. I'm telling you, I think I've single-handedly Wait, so it, so sold about two hundred of those buggers. It dries your clothes like super quick. Electrically, yeah. Apparently, for oh less than six p an hour. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's the claim. Okay. So yeah, you need to um, set up an affiliate link. I know. <laughs> I agree with out. you. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. One thing you'd like to achieve in the next year. What would I like to achieve? Um, I would like to do a really meaningful, bigger event for my job at You Magazine. Like something, something like the Glamour Women of the Year Awards. Probably I haven't worked out what it is yet. I'm trying to work it out. I That's would like my, to come. Yeah, you you are <laughs> top of the list, and. Um, yeah, so that's in the next 12 months. I just want to grow the brand a little bit more. Fab. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see where, where it goes with you, Mag, for you. Thank you. And just the last one, which is the first person you'd call to share good news. Oh, my husband. Oh. 100%. True yeah. love. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no, he's, you know, yes, we've been together a very long time and he's still the person I most prefer to spend my time with. So Married nice. to your best friend. Yeah, that's well, that sounds awful dream. though, doesn't no, it? That sounds it's... so unsexy. Oh my but, God, are you uh, <laughs> joking? I think it's the best thing in the world. I always say to Wade, I'm like, you're my best friend. We are a Good team deal. and yeah, I love our little, our, our tiny unit. Oh, yeah. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Joe. you have been such an incredible guest. I've really um, enjoyed it. Thank you thank for having you me. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for inspiring so many people and sharing your epic story um, <laughs> and for being an uh, you know inspiring not just to us but to your own daughter she's got a real uh, powerhouse mother oh who gosh. juggles a lot um, including a family and I think you are incredible you're very so sweet thank, thank you. you Roxy even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.